Hello, welcome to Agents of Sigmar. Just two dads trying to rekindle our childhoods in gaming in the best way we know how, with bad jokes and fun games. Join us in our journey as we talk about tabletop games, board games and card games, all through the eyes of a casual and time-starved parent player. If you enjoy this podcast, please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you really appreciate our work, do visit Patreon to support us further. You'll find links to all these in the show notes. Wherever you find our content, please do like, subscribe, retweet, ring those bells and leave us those five-star reviews. We do so crave your approval. With all that begging out of the way, let's crash on. Hello, welcome to Agents of Sigmar. Just two dads trying to rekindle our childhoods in gaming in the best way we know how. With bad jokes and fun games. Join us in our journey as we talk about tabletop games, board games and card games, all through the eyes of a casual and time-starved parent player. If you enjoy this podcast, please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you really appreciate our work, do visit Patreon to support us further. You'll find links to all these in the show notes. Wherever you find our content, please do like, subscribe, retweet, ring those bells and leave us those five-star reviews. We do so crave your approval. With all that begging out of the way, let's crash on. Before we crack on with today's podcast, I'd just like to apologise for some slight sound defects that appear on it. After recording, we noticed that Pete had a horrible crackle on his audio track. I've tried where I can to mute Pete's track so that he doesn't crackle over me, but obviously sometimes it's not a perfect edit, and it occasionally might mean it's a bit stilted where I've edited Pete out and I'm just talking, and he'll obviously be laughing at my hilarious jokes and, and generally commenting how what a wonderful person I was, and those bits might be missing. Well, I hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment too much of this podcast episode. And please, as usual, do leave any comments on our Facebook page or YouTube, wherever you find us, and we'll do our very best to answer them. So again, apologies for any sound problems, uh, but please, hopefully, you'll enjoy the podcast. Hello, okay. podcast fans. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Hello, the yes, of Sigma. Uh, yes, we're back, and we had a small technical glitch on the live chat, so we'll just cut straight to this on the on the so podcast. Um, so, so hello everyone. There, there no, hello. There were no technical glitches at all. No one saw or heard anything. That no. was the problem. <laughs> yeah, if you watch this in the luxury of the podcast format, I say watch. Of course, mean listen. Any horrible yep. things are taken out by the magic of editing, uh, which is very exciting and you know, not that exciting. No, not really. So how are you, Pete? Anyway, now we can hear you. We were yeah, talking about the weather. You had a one-sided conversation about the weather. Those who, who tuned in, it's been wet here, uh, but but showery and thundery. Uh, yeah, it's been no. stupid weather. We had we had um, sort of hail and all that kind of stupid stuff as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now it's just gone back to miserable. So I think that's our summer over with. It's quite sunny go. here. It's quite sunny here now. Well, it's not sunny obviously because it's night time. It's quite clear here. Um, <laughs> yes, in nice. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Quite clear. British summer. We'll have very, quite a nice tomorrow. evening. So I wandered out to the um, wandered out to the studio and I, I bought I bought a new plant this year just outside the studio Ooh. there I'm pointing and um, it keeps getting eaten by the slugs so I invested I've tried eggshells and that didn't work I tried I read that you, this company does 
basically seashells. I basically paid a lot of money for some beach. Uh, but apparently it's supposed to be really, really good for slugs. Anyway, I just went past, there were four slugs sitting on it, chomping, eating it away. And clearly that was, that was money well spent. Um, I reckon these companies are run by slugs. I <laughs> they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assuming they're these idiots to buy now. Uh, lettuce sleeves, yeah, let's tell them lettuce sleeves, that'll work. <laughs> these idiots would buy anything. Uh, we love seashells, so we think we're on a holiday. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah that was slugs that, get was, anywhere. that was money well spent. So yes, that was the four. I probably when I go back out again, I should have to flick them all back off. Um, and uh, I'm not going to touch that comment. <laughs> Flicking off a slug. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we make entertainment down our way. <laughs> right. Well, I think we should probably, on that note, crash on with our with our evenings uh, discussions and our our little rotor. We've got a little. Absolutely. Yeah, the schedule gets. Uh, you could tell my excitement about the schedule is waning. It's, it's less and less good each week. <laughs> this is week four my, 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 uh, of our podcast, and uh, yeah, but, but we have still got a schedule, which is good. So, uh, Pete, yeah, what have we been playing? Nice. So, what have we been playing? We played. We played two games now of Middle Earth strategy battle games, battle companies. Yes, M E S B G B C. Yeah, I don't think they can make that longer if they tried, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Battle Companies, I think it's quite a different game to the main game. I've never played the main game, uh, but it seems um, much quicker. I'm, I don't seem to be all that good at it, not wishing to give away any spoilers, but uh, it it's quite fun. I, I, yeah. I, in the main, I enjoy it. I got a little bit, you roll, I roll, you roll, I roll, in the, in the last game, I thought, but mostly, I love it. I love it way more than any of the other... Um, GW skirmish games I've played and I haven't played a lot of skirmish games from other companies but compare compare it with Kilt in Necromunda it's like a breath of fresh air yeah um, definitely and and I think actually the main game it uses the same rules doesn't it for all of like the movement and the shooting and combat and stuff like that it's just on a bigger yeah. scale and you have heroes I just want, so. yeah I just wonder whether it would get bogged down when you had like 10 I don't know how many times the figures probably not that many probably not ten times as many, but five times as many models, whether it was whether you get bogged down in the, just Possibly. In the sheer number of roles and combats Possib- and things. Possibly if you're know. trying to record it, but I think yeah, well, true, you have yeah, to roll yeah. each each sort of pairing yeah. has to fight separately, don't they? So it's not like yeah. you just go, Well I've got thirty people and you've got thirty people, so I'll roll thirty yeah. dice and you roll thirty yeah. dice and go from there. But I mean mate yeah, maybe you could, maybe if you've got like Ten people against ten people, and they're all the same. You're just saying each is biting one of the other, and you just all roll the dice and pair them off or something. I don't know. I don't I'm know not sure you can because yeah. each one is important because because each combat leads to a push. Which one yeah, failed? True. Which one failed or didn't fail is important. So I'm not I'm not entirely yeah. sure you can. Um, although, but the, the, although you only have once you roll to work out who who wins, you then just roll to wound, and that's it. Yeah. So you could probably so do there's that no saving. You could do that bit. So, yeah, you, you so do that bit. It, it's still pretty quick to just do that. But yeah, so we've been playing that, and that that's been quite fun. And uh, we've had some cracking looking table setups for that as well, which people hope you see the, the pictures we took mid game. Yeah, it looks really nice. We've got that lovely terrain from Battle Systems, which I think we're going to do a full full video on at some point. But um, that that really adds to the ambience of the game. But yeah, I really enjoy. Oh, it. I think cool. the Battle Companies is perfect for it. It really it feels like Middle Earth, and I think that's probably why I enjoy it as much as. The other guys, I've never really been deep into 40k or Necromunda lore, whereas Middle Earth yeah. is kind of, you know, that's my that's that's my thing really. Other than the old world, that's my thing. 
Um, but it oh, seems we, like oh, a really... Uh, sorry, it just seems like a really was... non-crunchy rule set compared with most other GW rule sets. Yeah, yeah, although we haven't got too deep into it yet, so it might be a bit like... Um, but most other games, when we've played them, even when we tried to just keep a light, a light touch on it, you can't help but no. fall into the deeper level of the crunchiness. But this one, we've managed to skim along at a fairly simple level so far and done pretty well out of it, yeah, which I, probably I, means we've done it all completely wrong. I, well, before we play next, I am intending to actually read the rules. No, I am intending to read the rule book again in a little bit more depth and see whether... There's some stuff we missed. Like for, the, for our first game, I missed it. There was an extra. If you had a shield, you could do something slightly different in combat. And I suspect there might be a few yeah. things that I could do because I kind of felt found felt like the games we were playing were a bit kind of like what well, I roll, you roll, and whoever gets the best dice roll wins. Um, which so I want to see whether which is where, it? You, where you can get round that uh, a bit more yeah. uh, in game rather than just. You know, table set up or whatever but but I'm really enjoying it that sounds like a, it's a negative it hasn't been negative I, I, I have really enjoyed it I'm looking forward to I like them I like the um, campaign aspects of it too um, and yeah. Uh, yeah it's 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 fun it's fun and uh, Mr. Morph does say that the hand-to-hand combat he was saying that GW doesn't do skirmish games very well compared to the likes of Mantic or Weird I do think they like to make their rules much more in-depth most of the time and that sort of takes away from that whole idea of it being skirmish should be light and simple so I do agree with that he does say the hand-to-hand combat system in the new kill team is god-awful with the dice trade-off I personally really like that I really liked the whole sort of you roll dice I roll my dice then you have to decide you mm. know which ones you're going to trade off and crits and stuff like that but the rest of the system does get buried so that that uh, worked for me okay I, I would agree with you Pete that worked for me okay the problem was, was remembering what each individual soldier had and all that kind of stuff and yeah. what, what different that made and quite often because we were playing with the slightly more tricky war bands it was like they all had different special rules for combat and things but when we played that marines versus necron game that we didn't record we just played the basics that actually went really well. Was actually that quite was nice and that was fun, and I th- I think probably that typifies our playstyle and the, the Marines. Yeah, there were a there were only five of them, and four of them yeah. had the same thing effectively. Um, yeah, because I played the Marines with the assault weapons as well, so it was it was very simple and kind of yeah. fun, kind of fun. Probably it that was, was probably, much more fun. Yeah, proper beer and pretzels that was. Yeah, and it does. So look that's good. what we've been playing. Yeah, yeah. What, video, yeah. what videos have we released? So we released uh, an Elector Counts video where we got John from John Mo- John Grant Miniatures came along. We played a three-way game of Elector Counts, so if you're interested in that, do go and check that one out by Cubicle 7. Uh, it's a great little card game. Yeah, and, based in the um, old world. Uh, we've got a video of, of kind of our thoughts on it and, and this new playthrough for it. So, yeah, it's a good, good game. Enjoyable game. And then... And then you do really, another LCG. Yeah, I did another Lord of the Rings LCG video. We, they they tick along. We get we get triple figures on those. Um, nice. And and uh, I, I I really enjoy it. I mean, my only di- disappointment is I just don't get enough time in to play it with all the other things that we're doing. But I I'm, you know I, I haven't played since recording that. I haven't played again. I thought I might play this week. It's still only Tuesday, so there's there's a chance. I might, I might get it's to play. It's half-term week, though, isn't it? It is, it is. But that actually, so. my children are old enough now to mostly ignore me. Uh, the, only <laughs> is, the only problem is when they're not ignoring me, my wife expects me to do chores. But she's been pretty good this week. She hasn't, she hasn't done that yet. So, uh, but, but the house is starting to fall apart. So tomorrow, I might need to <laughs> pay some attention to that. Now, I've been painting this yeah. week. Doing lots of painting, which will be coming up in a second. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and we have got, yeah. and you're meant to have released it, but you haven't yet because you're tardy no. um, and also busy. No, uh, the no, Ascension no, no, no. Tactics game, uh, which I was quite, yeah. quite looking forward to everybody seeing, uh, and also looking forward to telling the rep that we've released the game. So please release it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will try and get that done. I need to get the thumbnails done because without thumbnails, the video is nothing. Well, if you don't, I'm going to pull them case, out. In our case, it doesn't really matter. Even with the thumbnails, so <laughs> they still don't get you, watched. So yeah, what, you, what difference do you make? If you don't release it, I'm going to pull thumbnails out. So go for it, mate. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Marlowe is in the house as well. Hello, Hello Mr. Marlowe. Marlo. I have a Marlowe question coming up later. Good, good. Later. Well, I think we should call that, that little segment up. a Marlowe minute. We a Marlowe minute. Marlo I like minute. it. The Marlowe minute. But the thing is, it doesn't have a set a, a set slot because he's asked us all these questions and they fit into different bits of the schedule. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, that, that just then so we can just take a we can just take a Marlowe minute. We're, we're going to take a Marlowe minute. Okay, we'll we'll bear that in yeah. mind. Talking of things that are coming up, Pete. What's coming up? Um, so what's coming up soon? We're, we're going to be playing some Moonstone tomorrow, aren't we? Not tomorrow. I Thursday. think so. Although I, I have Moonstone. I've got I've I've come up with another idea which might mean we don't, we end up not playing Moonstone, <laughs> but. Uh, Ladies and not, gentlemen, no, this is what it's like running a channel with Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great um, idea. Wait, I've got another yeah. great idea. Well, because we're also recording the voiceovers for our Middle Earth games. Uh, yeah. I've got a couple of other things, a couple of ideas, a couple of quick videos, which might then take up all, all the recording time on, on Thursday night. But the following week, yeah. we could play more Middle Earth and some Moonstone. I really love the we look could, of the rule set of Moonstone. I've read through the rules. Uh, there's no dice, Pete. Well, apart from the Moonstone, oh. there's, there's no dice. Um, and um, it just looked kind of fun. And there cool. is bluffing. There is bluffing. You basically have to draw Excellent. cards from the deck. You know, we were looking at those cards when you last came. Yeah. You basically draw them and then you um, say, oh, I'm going to put two power onto this one. And you put down your green power card or whatever. And you know however many, however many power cards there are. So there are only, there, there's, there's one that's power three. I think two that are power two and three that are power one. So if you say I'm going to pay power th the power three green card and your opponent is sitting there with the power three green card in their hand, they know that you're lying. <laughs> so yeah. they say you're lying and then your attack doesn't work. I've been playing some poker online recently, so hopefully that'll help. Uh, have you? Bluff. Okay, well, I, I, I never play games of chance so um, or bluff. So uh, I've got um, I've got I've got no chance I've got no chance. I have to play some coup. Still have a bit of coup. Um, yeah, and then hopefully in the future we've got some MC MCP. Foreign MCP keeps yeah. getting pushed back each week, uh, mainly because the board is the table which I'm at now is kind of set up for fantasy games, and it's a whole lot more work to set it back up for MCP. But um, yeah, I, yeah, we've got some MCP. Um, I've been painting. I finished. Uh, I'm jumping onto the next section already, but I finished Black Widow and Hawkeye um, this week, and I've got, I think since we last played, I've also got um, uh, War Machine and Sam Captain America as well painted. Oh, yeah. And you're nice. bringing the Hulk, aren't you? I will be bringing Hulk, yep. Yeah. Um, and if I can ever get round to it, I need to paint up. I, I painted one other X Men recently, and I've, I've got Storm, which has been sitting here for ages, but she keeps taking a back seat because. Uh, I've got a load of wargs that I've been painting, so I can't see them, but I've been, been slap-chopping away with some wargs and some goblins for, for mid-left strategy battle games as well. So Yeah, yeah well, that's going to be the other thing, isn't it, that's coming up. We're, we're going to introduce some new battle companies for our, yeah. uh, our Middle-Earth games. So I bought a load of stuff in between, I think, our last podcast, and I've uh, bought some elves and some 
men of Arnor and men of Gondor and all that kind of shenanigans, and they might double up as some um, Numenorians as well to give me a bit of flexibility. Uh, so, uh, yeah, looking, for, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. So you, you said you've been paying Warhammer models as well to be some of the. Uh, if I can get some um, uh, the Black Numenorians for. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I might have to try and find some models for those as well, possibly. Yeah, I, I've got the dwarf models, but none of the none of the weapons are right, or almost none of the weapons are right. So that's my mind. <laughs> yeah, I have to work out what we do with that. Um, but there's yeah. so much stuff to paint, isn't there? Um, Too much I've also been painting fun. something that might be related to something that's being released this weekend. I've been doing a lot of Ooh. my weekend of painting that, which is quite quite nice. Um, look for look at, look for photos of those just after ten on Saturday morning. UK time. So, uh, Mr. Wolf asked a question saying, how come you guys haven't been bribed onto the Rivenstone hype train like every other hobby YouTuber? I don't even know what a Rivenstone is. No, what's Rivenstone? I don't know if you know what one of them is. I don't know what Rivenstone is. I think the reason is is because we... um, uh, We're not popular. We're very, very below the radar hobby YouTubers. So what is Rivenstone? I need to go and find out what Rivenstone... I probably don't want to find out what Rivenstone is. If everybody's doing it, we don't want to. Um, Sorry? I said, if everybody's doing it, then we don't want to. No, sounds far too popular. Plus, we're not popular. That's why no one gives a shit about us. So no, I, I was tempted. Oh, I think we saw. I think we talked about Rivenstone on the Discord at one point. There was some. There was some dwarf things and some kind of weird big robot machine thing walking along and stuff. It's a Kickstarter thing. That'll be why we don't uh, care about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Screw Kickstarters. I hate Kickstarters. Not, not, not a fan these days of Kickstarters really. Although I did back quite a few last year. Which Still haven't come in. Probably why I'm not a fan of them. Um, the models also look very stylized. They're not really looking at the Kickstarter. They're not really that. I don't find them that interesting. Uh, Mr. Wolf says the Easterlings, the only faction in MESBG that really appeals to him. I, I do quite like the Easterlings. I like the, the crimsons and golds on those. I might have to get some of them, but I think they're all metal. So Right. But at least yeah. I'd have to buy too many of them. So there's no, that. that's true. You only need like about seven. Or... Yeah, there's just there's, there's just so many things that we want to do at the minute. Because like you mentioned, Marvel Crisis Protocol, we want to get back onto that. Because it is a fun mm. game. It does yeah, take yeah. us an age to play because we're old and decrepit and rubbish. Mm. I feel yeah. like they could possibly... I mean, it's a, it's a simple game as it stands, but I feel like they could probably simplify it even more somehow. What, for, for, for really old Maybe people? Maybe put it on like a... Yeah, <laughs> stupid old people who, who sit there and squint at the thing for like 20 minutes going... I don't want that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one power each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on so to lot... community shout-outs. Community shout-out? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, you, you blank, you, 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 your, your sound went there for on mine, but community shout-out. Oh. Yes, well, I've got, it's, a, it's a Middle Earth-related community shout-out. Well, I've got two shadows. Uh-huh. One, one of them is Middle Earth related, and that is, and we will again do another video on this, I think, because it's a really fun tool. And that is a shout out to the guy whose name I don't know, uh, who does the Battle Companies Manager for Middle Earth Strategy Battle, a completely unofficial um, and home-brewed um, Battle Companies Manager, basically for, for managing your battle company. <laughs> yeah. For when your battle company needs managing, yeah, it's what you use. Yeah, it is I'm very, guessing very that good. His name is Pat Gaunt. I'm guessing right, that okay. his name is Pat Gaunt because his email is patgaunt1 at gmail.com. <laughs> Maybe he's just very thin. He could be. Um, yes. So, I, 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 yeah, it's really, really good. And if you are playing Middle Earth or might be playing Middle Earth, check it out because um, 
it's really slick. You have to put all the data in yourself, I assume, to get around any accusations of IP theft. Uh, but it, everything it, it does, everything for you. You can there's drop down menus and things to picking what you want, and you can upload upload the photos of your models, and it then tracks what's going on in the battle. It tra tracks the XP that you scored, um, and it's really rather clever and slick yeah, and is. works. <laughs> it is fantastic. It does what you want it to do. You can you can add in as much as you need. Uh, you can even add, write up some of the special rules in there if you want to keep them all in one place to be able to read them easier. Mm. It mm. tracks for the campaign stuff, all of the all the experience, and it sort of helps streamline all of that process. And if you get wounds and things, it gives you little icons to show you what injuries they've picked up and things like that. And it's just. It's just great. Very it's very slick, like you say, it has the icons and everything. It looks really great. But the best thing about it is, I mean, I, I'm a bit of an idiot when it comes to using apps and things, but it works for even the lowest common den denominator. It, it's very straightforward to use. I haven't had any issue. Whereas I know when we tried to use Yak Tribe for Necromunda, which, which was brilliant, don't get me wrong, but half the time I couldn't find my warband or my gang and then I didn't understand <laughs> yeah. what was going on. And it actually helps you a little bit, this battle comes match, it actually helps you a little bit kind of work out how the system works when you're, en when you're entering your details. One of the nice things about that is that you can actually, actually helps you work out what you're going to do, you know what I mean, or how the game works. It's, it's, it's quite clever. It's quite clever. By not yeah. doing it all for you, it actually aids you with age newcomers to the game more, I think, than if it just did it all. Yeah, and he uh, he does have a patron or a Patreon rather, which you can join. Which I think we're going to have to do. You can donate via PayPal. He has got a Facebook page as well, uh, cool. just to keep sort of track of it all and stuff. Do highly recommend it if you're into battle companies. Uh, do check out Battle Companies Manager. It is great. Yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. Yes, it is really good. Um, the other little shout out is um, for Warhammer Underworld fans. Uh, those of you, and it uh, doesn't include me and Pete, I don't really know why we didn't think of going, Pete. Um, the, the, U, uh, the, U, on a Friday. the UKGE, well, not to the Clash, but the whole UKGE, the UK Games Expo, is on all weekend. And I kind of hadn't, oh. really, I hadn't really thought that it's bank holiday. And um, I thought, oh, I don't really want to go. I don't need any more games, and I don't need it. But actually, we could have, we could have met people who were there. It would have been quite nice. Say hello to some people. Yeah, but it would, have, it would just end up would have been a great big trip to somewhere where we wouldn't have wanted to buy anything, and we probably would have then bought something and then gone crap. Yeah. Now we're going to have to play this, and we don't need we don't need more. We don't need more crap in our lives. Not what you say, but we could exactly. have met some nice people. That's what I was thinking. But yes, but uh, anyway, there is a grand clash. Oh no, it's not a grand clash. It's a mini clash. A small, a tiny clash. Not grand. The opposite of grand clash at the UKGE, but it is officially run by GW. I think Nick Baton's going to be there, um, and it's on Friday, all day Friday, if you're going, which, of course, is a bank holiday this year. Um, I'm trying to think of what the opposite of a grand clash, what, what the opposite of grand is. It's going to... It's going to opposite it's of grand? A mini clash. A mini clash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe it would have been fun. I don't know. Probably wouldn't have been, though, knowing us. Formula Ford. <laughs> Four, it's too know, close it? to warrant staying up there or anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have wanted to go there and back and there and back again either. No, no, I'd have to go for the day. I wouldn't go more. I wouldn't go. Yeah. I mean, if, if we were if we were going two days, I would stay over. I've actually could stay at my parents' house, which I haven't sold yet. Which <laughs> is only yeah. about ten minutes down the road. But um, Just squat um, there. Yeah, but uh, the, um, the, the, 
uh, I've gone on the day. I've gone on a day from the train on the train. It's quite a nice day out on the train without the children. Wouldn't <laughs> want to go to there and then have to get involved in a clash, even if it were mini. No, oh no, no, would I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go and do the train. clash, but I'd go and say hello to people and maybe play maybe, maybe play a random game of Underworld, um, but just 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 yeah. hang out really, just to hang out. But yeah, that is on. There's a mini clash on on Friday. Um, cool. So. Uh, Games Workshop are running that, and that segues nicely into the next segment, which is GW News. I need chief paper. GW News. Yeah, yeah. We need some jingles. You need a soundboard with some jingles. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, there hasn't been much. I, I did the usual trawl of the Warhammer Community web pages. Um, there's a new AI plane, Aeronautica Imperialized plane, which you don't like, Pete. You are on record on the Dis- Patreon Discord as saying you do not like it. I'll go, I'll go on record on the podcast and say it looked crap too. <laughs> it I, I like it. I like it, but not... I completely see why you don't like it, but I like it because it looks like it should be in Flash Gordon. Well, it, yes, it, yes. It, it looks like a Roman chariot spaceship. <laughs> which, yeah, yeah, which if, if it would... was for a game that wasn't for flying, yeah, proper flying airplanes flying around, would be really cool. If GW had this new... Basically, pod racing game, I suppose, um, or a chariot racing game. Then, um, then I think it would look really cool. But you're right; it, it, it is a bit bizarre. But I, I kind of like it. Does, that. It just doesn't doesn't feel to me like it fits the rest of the 40k sort of aesthetic. No, I suppose is it meant to be a hangover from 30k? Mind you, they're all 30k, aren't they? Yeah. Mate? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No, they're not all 30k. I, I was thinking it was. Somebody told me once it was. Heresy, yeah, they're definitely not 30k because some of them are Tau, so yeah, that's true. Tau weren't that's around true. then. No, no, they weren't. You're right. I don't know much about the Tau actually because they were invented after, after my, yeah. after I totally didn't follow the hobby. Uh, but I yeah. do like that Pathfinder model. But that's by, that's by the by. Um, so they did that, and then they announced a new Kill Team Morlock box, which thank heavens we didn't get sent one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that been... Aman did on Path to Glory, so you can check him out. And I think they have their podcast this week is about it. Um, I had a quick look at the rule book. I quite like the scenery with the radar; that's quite cool. But they've added a new adds new steps into the game, so I'm really glad that we didn't get that because we struggled with the steps that we. There's like a new sentry step or something, or, or something like oh, that at the, at the beginning. Was that the chaos and something else? I think it was some sort of. Pathfindery type, I don't know, not Pathfinder, that's Tower. Uh, but it was Marines, and it, they were kind of oh, like right. Reavers or something, something like that. I, don't, oh, I, I haven't really there, yeah. paid, I haven't really paid much attention to it because we, we're not playing the game. But I just had a quick skim yeah. read of the um, of the article, and the scenery looks good. But, but I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I can't comment much more about it beyond that because most of the things on the website, unsurprisingly, are all focused on the Horus Heresy, which we are going to talk about as our yeah. main focus tonight. But they're doing, a, as usual, a good job of, of keeping that hype train going. The, uh, oh, yes. the, the articles are pretty interesting, although some of the articles are naff. I really like the painting guys. They're quite good, and the little breakdowns of the different factions is, are, are quite interesting. But then I... I, I did the if you've never played Horus Heresy, look at this article first, and it didn't really make me want to play Horus Heresy at all. <laughs> it was a bit of an odd one. It was like there was a video, a whole video about it. Oh, I watched that. That would be interesting. And it was like if you want to play Horus Heresy, you need Horus Heresy and a friend. And that was about all it said. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, That's awesome. 
thanks for that. Well, I mean, the second point rules out like half of their customers, <laughs> right? Especially the ones who like Horace Harris. Like, <laughs> hey. no, that is rude that is rude and I'm sorry I apologise um, uh, yes, I, I don't I, just, I do uh, just, just to keep it I do know what you mean I do know what you mean well I'm much nicer than you I'm much nicer than that's you that's true so, so we're going to go on to Horace Heresy so we won't go, go on talking about that but it has been all about the Horace Heresy and I, so I have found that some of the stuff interesting um, kind of the world building around that is, 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 is intriguing to say the least um, yeah. But general gaming news, I don't know whether you probably didn't notice, Pete, but it's been the Star Wars celebration this weekend. Obviously, I did see something about it. I did okay. see something about it, yeah. Okay. And it's actually coming to London next year, I've heard. So I may be going. Um, uh, but the, the uh, Fantasy Flight people, um, actually it's probably not Fantasy Flight anymore, it's AMG, isn't it, who run it? But they apparently announced in one of the little seminar things that they did a new Mandalorian and Baby Yoda model. Star Wars Legion, as well as Ewoks for Star Wars Legion. Now, Ewoks was met with some acclaim and some whatever the opposite of acclaim is. Um, ridicule? Uh, Disdain? Ridicule, yeah, yeah, that Disgust. both. Disgust. Both, but I mean, it's a weird thing because, I mean, the Ewoks obviously are either loved or hated in, in Return of the Jedi, and they are a faction that, that are in the game or not, but I kind of feel like the success of the Ewoks was really down to, the, to their location. Like you put them in, you put them in an ice planet, or in the desert, and they're not going to be much use. <laughs> Maybe they've got a special. It's just like at the beginning of every turn, if they're not in, you know, if they're not on the forest moon of Endor, uh, then wherever else, wherever setting you're in, you roll dice for each squad, and that's how many just die because of exposure, <laughs> the elements, well. <laughs> uh, you know, overheating, an underheating, animals, animals. <laughs> hunting them down all that kind of stuff because they are a bit crap aren't they maybe or maybe right. they just fought, wherever uh, they are on a, on a 456 they find a load of logs and they go from, <laughs> they go from there but yeah so and then you are in trouble <laughs> I, yeah well I quite like the idea of, of, of painting up some Ewoks but um, I'm not sure I'm not sure I, I, would, I would play them in the game um, I'm much more interested if I was going to play much more interested in the new um Sort of, uh, I can't what they call it, but the smugglers and, and um, kind of an underworld type, but factions they're bringing out, which is a bit more, a bit more interesting. Um, AMG also uh, this coming weekend is their mini stravaganza, which I'm not really sure how that's how to pronounce. It's, it's a word that doesn't work for me at all. But basically, it's an annual event where they talk about what they're gonna bring out in the coming months. So I think we might see some new this time next. When we next do the podcast, we might have some new new stuff to talk about properly. Although I had a look at the schedule and there didn't seem to be much that I wanted to get excited about. It was kind of like painting sure tutorials and something. things like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure I will. But painting tutorials and things. So didn't really look yeah. that exciting. Um, Marvel Champions, game, the game, another game I'd love to play on the channel um, and, but, and, and occasionally buy stuff for but never play. Uh, but I thought you would be interested to know that the mutants were coming. So, oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think I shared it on the Discord. I think that was this time last week that came out. Um, so yeah. they, you can play Wolverine. I don't know if you can play Wolverine because the mutants they've chosen are slightly odd for the heroes. But there are Wolverine allies and things, uh, but that, that's quite that, that, that's interesting. But I'm so far behind with that game, I can't actually imagine I would get it because they're doing a accelerated release of it in the sense that there are even more heroes and more cards. To sort of, you know, it's not a full starter set, but it's more than just a little box that they normally bring out so that's that's beyond me I think 
Um, the Speeders to Yara nominations were announced this week. I don't have much to say about them. I only know the, most of the games I don't know anything about. The ones I only know anything about are the ones that were reviewed on Geek Dad. Uh, and I've even, I've even owned one of them because it's a weird thing, the Speeders to Yara. It's, the, it's when they're released in Germany. Well, it's not weird. But it's when they're released in Germany that they're eligible. So this the game Cryptid, which is an Osprey game, I think, uh, came out two or th three or four years ago, two or three 2018, four years ago, um, in the UK, but it's just been nominated for Speeders DR. And it was it was actually Geek Dad Game of the Year, year it came out. It's quite a fun game. It's like a, um, a cryptid is a monster, basically, like a, you know, like yeah. a creature of the Black Lagoon, that guy, Yeti, that kind of thing. And um, you basically have to hunt one down. It's got quite a clever hidden, not hidden movement, but hidden clue system where you have to try and, be the person to find find the, the, the monster uh, and it's fun yeah. it's fun um, the other games that I, I noted were there was a game called Cascadia which was nominated for Geek Dad Game of the Year last year I've not played it it looks really lovely the illustrations are really nice but it's a natural habitat game and a tile laying game so you basically have to try and put down like badger sets or bird nest type things and the more tiles you lay down the more the more biodiversity you create the, the, the more points you score I think and the other one is June Imperium which I haven't actually played but do own a copy of and that actually did win the last Geek Day game of the year but I, I bought it on the strength of that because the, the people who reviewed it raved about it um, but of course like all things it's still in the shrink not all things but like a lot of things it's still in the shrink um, the I, kids I game I to say Hearing, hearing about things like the Cascadia thing that you mentioned just then and how you do that, the, the pitch itself, the, the, what the game is based on, just doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> no, I like, know. It's a it's weird got... thing. Yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, unless it's got some kind of like futuristic space-agey vibe, some kind of historic link or some kind of fantasy setting, I'm just like, I'm already tuned out. It's like, I don't, I don't mm. care about badges. That's a, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? We perhaps we should do a podcast on that about game theme, um, yeah. Because I think it does make a massive difference, and it, you get games that are really good, and but if this if you're skinned, if you like, for went to a better word, with the wrong theme, then they they sink without trace. I mean, I've actually got a game just that, just off shot here, which is based on growing herbs, <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, but it's really good. It's it's quite a quick game, but it, the gameplay is really good. In fact, I think the artist on that is the same artist. Yes, I think he's the same artist as the Cascadia game. Um, it's like could and, they could they reskin it so instead of growing herbs, you were like creating a monster. That and you yeah, that's exactly probably the same thing. Probably would yeah. that sell better? Yeah, well, I think it would certainly sell better to you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I quite like um, I quite like especially for playing with non-gaming people. I quite like games that have. Um, a slightly more pastoral yeah. theme. Um, yeah, I think if you, if you, especially if you've got less non-gamer folk uh, involved, yeah. then yeah, you definitely need to have it to be much less high fancy or or science fictiony. Yeah, and yeah. It, it kind of it separates from me. It separates the games I play with you and are on the channel with the games I play. I say it separates them. It would if I actually played the other games, but as I got, <laughs> as I haven't got any other friends, um, I, I you don't, don't have any don't other friends. Know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. My wife doesn't really like playing games, even as much as she pretends that she does. Um, it's actually My wife doesn't. Thing. But I'm okay with that because it's not. It's not a, an us thing. Well, right. it's an us thing, as in you and I. You know, I play games with my mates. You're a true um, one. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, rather than, you know, when I'm with the wife, we sit there and look at our phones whilst the TV's on. You know, that's our thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to play more games with other people, not because I don't like you, but because I like playing games. And I just... Yeah. I, I, playing kid, games with the family just it, inevitably ends up in arguments. Um, and I, I, it's really hard to... I've kind of, I think they've broken me because we've, we've had this last half, Easter holidays and this half term. I just like, should I ask the kids to play games? Like, I can't, I can't face it. Can't face the, can't face the arguing over what we're going to play, and then I can't face the arguing over um, who's um, won or who's won or who's someone cheating or, or and then can't face the argument over who tidies up. <laughs> so I'll just go and paint instead. <laughs> I, I feel like if I play games with family or other friends who aren't gamers, they're never going to be as um, competitive as the games I play with, with fellow gamers like yourself or other people like that. So mm. I just kind of sit and think, why am I playing this game when I can't really, you know, go at 100%. I can't get a challenge out of this. Right, so okay. it just feels like I'm, you know, okay. it's a bit like... See, I have, the opposite problem. I have the opposite problem that my wife like, is incredibly competitive. Ah. So it's well. That it's, doesn't help either. Yeah, it's not so much fun in, in, for a different reason, and, and I normally lose. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> it's like playing football then, with a toddler. It's frowned upon to punt the football right in their face and go, "Well, you shouldn't have just there, should you?" <laughs> just slide tackle them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then just throw your arms up as the wife comes over. What? What? Just going for the ball. <laughs> Yellow card. Shut up. <laughs> This actually leads nicely on to our listener question, our Marlow Minute, or our Marlow Moment. Marlow Minute, Marlow Moment. It's time for a Marlow Moment, I think, is better. Yeah. Time for a Marlow Moment. A Marlow Moment. We need, like, the the music from, what was that cigarette advert back in the 80s? The Hamlet. Boom, 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 boom. That just sounds like Trumpton. Or something like that. Does, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but his question was, what is your favourite thing about playing board games and card games? Now, that actually could mm. take up an entire hour, uh, but you've got, entire five hour. Minute, you've got five minutes. You've got five minutes. What's my favourite thing? Well, my favourite thing about it is is not having to, uh, most of the time, give a shit about what else is going on when I'm playing a card game or a board game. It's just concentrating on the game just having fun with it. It's not a case of, I can't do this, because if I do that and I beat this person, they're going to get in a hump and they're going to storm away and they're not going to want to play and, you know, anything like that. It's just, you, you have the rules, really? you follow the rules, Playing you me? play the game. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> oh, I see. No, I never beat you. So. Oh, well, you, but you do, and then I sulk. <laughs> well, there is that. Until you're, not, until you're not losing, and then suddenly you're sitting there going, this is a great game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's just that, there's no... I, I, I am working on that. There's no having to worry about <laughs> what that action will do to your relationship with the other people in the group you're playing with. It's like when I used to play poker with my mates back at work and things like that. You know, whilst you're playing poker, you know, that's that's the only thing that matters. You know, if you're going to take the mick out of people, if you're going to, not cheat, but if you're going to really, you know, take people, put them through the, the, the ringer and, you know beat them every time and stuff it doesn't matter because afterwards game's done back to normal life that's interesting I would never ever have said that was a reason why I like playing games <laughs> well, it's not, um, not that beating someone it's just the fact that they're suddenly it's all just about the game there's no worry about anything else just you take, yeah so it's like a total escape 
total escape yeah, from it's what's, just, got, what's going on around you. Exactly, and it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, how badly you beat the other person, whatever it is. When the game's done, that's it. You just, you know, there's no hard yeah. feelings, there's no stroppiness or anything. That is true. The hard feelings I've normally forgiven you if you beat me fairly quickly after the game <laughs> after the game finishes. <laughs> Within a, a matter of days. With it, yeah, no, normally by the time you've left, uh, and certainly by the time you've got you've got home. I'm really sorry, Pete. <laughs> I, I love you. I love you yeah. really. I didn't mean to throw you out. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never done that. Um, no. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Why do I play games? I, that's changed over the years for me, why, why I play. So I used to like the technical side of it. I, I loved. I think I actually loved, and I still do, I think, love the idea of playing games more than the reality of playing. And I think that's true for quite a lot of people. And I think it's particularly true of Games Workshop games. <laughs> I think. And I've actually said this before in my unpopular opinion, that nobody likes playing Warhammer 40k. Everybody just likes the idea of playing 40k. And actually the, the actual, look of it. The actual, yeah, the idea, the, the build-up, the, the planning, the, getting, the, the, the setup, the look of it, how, how, you know, all that kind of stuff. The actual playing of the game is just... Nobody enjoys it, really. It's just a case of get to the end and see what... <laughs> um, Same with Warhammer Fancy Battle. Yeah, I mean it's a simplification, obviously, um, yeah. but 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 I think I still like the idea. It's like this, like the um, Lord of the Rings card game. I just love the idea of playing that, and I enjoy it when I do play it. But I don't play it as much as any I would like at all. Um, I think, but and, and I now I would say I enjoy mostly. I enjoy probably it's kind of what you were saying too, really. Although I said I, do, I would never play a game without thinking about it. It's the social side of it. That's why I yeah. sit and play a game. If it's with the children or the family, it is to do something that isn't homework. Screens. Yeah, but you still you haven't got trying to talk to your. Especially, I've got teenagers trying to talk to them can be tricky. But if they're playing a game, they often forget themselves, or you know, they just, you don't have to talk about anything. You're just spending time together, which is nice. Um, and it, and it's true with friends too. Going out, we used to, at the pub sometimes the gaming group. Uh, and playing when we have John over and we played elected counts, that was just really fun to do something completely different. I find war games a little bit different, especially as we do it almost like as a the channels as a side. It's, it adds an extra dimension to it. But I think yeah. mainly, I've actually having now talked myself around it. I think I do kind of just play it for the social side and, and to to escape, yeah, you know, whatever life is throwing at us and just real world. Who I'm with, yeah. In, enjoying enjoying that, having a focus. I mean, I've actually really got into doing some of the more cooperative games with the family, because then there isn't any, there's less competition, obviously. Um, but there's a puzzle to work out normally. So whether it be an escape room box, or mm. um, we played the crime game where you, it's all driven, it's driven by an app, but you have to solve the crime. And we enjoyed that because there was a, a puzzle to solve. There was some arguing over which clue we should try and solve and things, but not not proper arguing. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one playing with my wife because she likes to get everything absolutely right and it's really hard to do that and um, you end up then it becomes uh, say it on camera she won't ever know uh, it gives her to be a little bit less enjoyable rather than if it's just like let's just go here and see what happens <laughs> um, which is what I, I think, want to uh, do. an extension of board games and card games is things like uh, escape rooms and stuff like that these days are yeah. kind of another form of it which are, which are great fun um, a bit of escapism when you go in there. Hopefully, you can you can forget 
all the family squabbles and things going on. You can just get on with, with trying to solve the puzzles and get out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, VJ Morphid's kind of in, in, in agreeing with us, I see. He wants less crunch yeah. with his rules. Um, less crunch. You, you need your cereal to be soggy when you get older. And he also agrees with you on the phones and TV, <laughs> which entertained me. Even um, when but, you put a film on, I find, I don't know if, if more finds this or other people listening or watching find this or if you do this, but quite often we'll put a film on and like 80% of the time it will be a film that we've probably watched at least once before, possibly multiple times, and then we'll both sort of sit there with our phones and we'll occasionally talk about, oh, have you seen that post on Facebook or oh, I see so-and-so's doing this, and, and occasionally there'll be a bit of the film we'll watch, but <laughs> it just seems to be a lot of times like which can be on our phones in we don't the do same that. proximity. My wife hasn't got any social media on her phone, so we don't, because she, she has a, it's her work phone, she doesn't have her own phone. Um, yeah. And so we don't do that. She gets a bit irritated with me because sometimes, depending on what we're watching, I'll take my phone because I know I know in the middle I'll get bored uh, and start to have a little flick through. But we try and we try and we try and watch something new. We don't watch don't we tend to rewatch stuff. So we're normally watching a series. You're right. So and so you kind of have to keep watching, otherwise you <laughs> lose track of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem that probably puts us off of watching most new TV shows coming right, out because okay. it's like oh no I'm going to have to pay attention I'm not really sure I'm ready for paying attention this evening so let's just watch Friends again and, uh, <laughs> but I have found and just... as I've got older that I have to go to bed earlier so actually we, we it's a very little window of concentration time now because it's like oh it's half past ten it's time for bed because <laughs> as the kids get older they're up later and later and it's like right the kids oh. have gone to bed and it's time for me to go to bed or oh, my oldest now goes to bed after me card, card games you know obviously in the old days there was there was gin rummy and there was uh, you know various other card games your basic card games way back when with just a regular deck of cards and obviously that's evolved into the more you know the, the more esoteric card based games that we have these days and board games I think are sort of a bit of an extension of that and it used to be you know people would go down the pub and they'd play cards and they'd have a drink and now people go down the pub with a board game or something like that or they just stay at home because it's cheaper these days than going to a bloody pub and mm. playing board games yeah and we I grew up playing lots and lots of card games my dad was a huge card game player he played a lot of bridge uh, but we we yeah. didn't play we didn't play bridge um, like a few times play with because he smashed you <laughs> well, he would, but my mum and him used to always argue, so we couldn't play. Uh, we couldn't play bridge right. because we occasionally played with a friend. I was from friends who I had a couple of friends who were very good at bridge, but occasionally used to play with friends. And my wife used to play a little bit, but we we had to stop playing with my parents because it just got a bit awkward. For and my mum uh, yelling at yelling at my dad. <laughs> um, so, uh, but but we used to play loads of card games, and we which were of a more gentle nature. And I really enjoyed that. And we don't do that with the kids. And I sometimes think that I'm doing them a disservice because they're kind of some of my best memories are playing those card games. But I have to say, you know, it's not like I've been really down on my wife tonight. I have to say, I think it's mostly down to her because she doesn't. If she, I don't. I think she knows that if she doesn't win, she'll get cross or upset because yeah, no, she's very okay. competitive, very competitive, and therefore she avoids playing to, to not have that which I completely see that as a way of coping but it means that we don't play very many games and we don't play card games because I think if we if I play with the boys and they I don't play cards with them I'm not sure why we have a we have a word mm. card game which I, which we do play quite a lot which, which is kind of fun but we always it's not very competitive because we always end up helping each other to get the best words that yeah. we can. So which whoever gets the best score is almost entirely irrelevant because it's all about 
finding words that are. Yeah, we we good. try and play games like um, Chase and things like that where it's it's like the, it's mostly just random chance as to who gets dealt all the cards that are going to be any good, and so there's a little bit of strategy, but mostly it's just pure luck. So that you know the kids have got just as much chance really of beating us as yeah. as we are beating them. So everybody's got the same odds really. Uh, yeah, we just try and do that kind of stuff when we go on holiday and things like that in the evenings rather than just them sitting there on their screens the whole time. Yeah, I think that's holidays is a time when we do play we do play more more games. Although I always take too many. My wife's like, why did you bring all these? <laughs> well, we might have played them. It might have rained for Dead, seven Dead days Hands straight. Has, <laughs> Dead Hands has the best family story ever. He grew up playing Hero Quest with his nan. Dead Hands nan, she rocks. Frankly, yeah, that's, awesome. that's that awesome. That is I amazing. Yeah. That that is that tops everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. So we, we probably need to move on to our main topic of we do our main evening. topic, which our is quite Marlo funny. Moment has quickly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed that, Mr. Marlowe. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the, thank you for your moment this week. That may become a whole topic on its own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Pete. Families and why card games make them. <laughs> So, Pete, I don't know how to best phrase this question. I think probably what is the appeal of the Horus Heresy, or why is it so perennially popular? Yeah. And there's another way of asking yeah. it. There's why, and also why. <laughs> but I, I, it is more why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I was thinking about this one today, and I think when I think of the Horus Heresy stuff, one thing it reminds me of is that GW did a game back in the 80s or possibly early 90s called the Horus Heresy, and it was all card tokens and stuff like that. And um, when I think Horus Heresy, I think that, and it takes me right back to the start of the hobby for me. Okay. I think a large portion of it, for a lot of people, is it's it's a it's reminds them of the start of their hobby. At least people our age, um, because Horus Heresy was always a big thing in the 40k backstory obviously it's it's like um it's quite a classic setup isn't it you know you've got betrayal you've got brother against brother you've got you know the the rift of you know the empire of man falling the greatest hero you basically got good versus bad and good wins but at a terrible price which is the classic trope and so it, they they weren't subtle when they were writing this out were they no no and i can't remember very much about that era. I mean, obviously they were Chaos Space Marines, but that was obviously 40k, and then they 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 filled in the backstory, did they, of 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 how they ended up where they were. Is that how it is that how it went? Well, I think a lot of it was already there, um, but they definitely embellished and added more as they've gone. The the, the original Horus Heresy was definitely always there. Mm. I think from the very early days of 40k. Okay, because I mean Horus, um, Horus, I assume first came into the game as like a big Chaos. Baddie, did he? I mean, I don't know. No, okay. My memory always was that Horus was, you know, part of the, the was a loyalist, and was the the chosen son of the the emperor okay. and all that kind of stuff. Who, and, who'd gone, who'd and then gone he, bad? Yeah, and then he, and then he fell from grace and all that kind of stuff. Fair so. enough. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, but yes, I appreciate that. that but is that how he came onto the scene? There's this bad yeah, guy. I think so. And and this so. is this is how he got there. I mean, I I I literally have no idea. So. Probably, probably ought to change the subject slightly. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just pontificating about things we know nothing about. Oh no, that's what we do. Um, I totally Hang agree on. with you. I think I hear on my that. mating call. 
the um, you said something interesting there. You said that um, it was good versus bad. But I was I've been reading around the subject a little bit, and I think part of the appeal is that they're not straight up bad, are they? The the the, the, the two legions on the two sides. So yeah. yeah, now they've definitely, especially with the five million books they've written mm. uh, and put it done in the series. I definitely think that they've added much more grey into the mix. Whereas in the early days, right, I think it was it definitely good v bad and there was the there was the diorama wasn't there i can't remember if it was mike mcveigh who did it with the um, em- emperor and horus yeah oh, and mm. the emperor standing on the steps and there's yeah, horus yeah, standing yeah. there and yeah. there's uh, you know that's a that's just an iconic piece that's still mm. at warhammer world and it's right there when you first go into all the diorama section and mm. you know i think back then it was you know emperor good horus bad now they've they've put a lot more i think writing into it to make it much more grey scale the whole thing uh, yeah I mean the, the point where you can almost I was just going to say the, the Empire is the, or the, the Emperor and the Empire are, cl- are, the, are clearly not good they're clearly kind of fascist um, you know you, you, you're, you're either like us or you're dead <laughs> kind of kind of thing but I I, I I mean Horus clearly was the baddie in the piece I suppose but I think I always thought until I started looking into it that it was very similar to Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay or Warhammer Fantasy Battle, which was that the Chaos guys are kind of irredeemably bad and the Space Marines, for want of a better way, were, were, were the good guys. But then I looked into it a bit more and I noticed that the Chaos powers are barely mentioned. There's lots of talk of the warp and um, things happening kind of sort of almost like cthulhu type things, sort of, you know, beyond the veil kind of stuff but actually the 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 real proper chaos powers as i understood it which these guys then i guess are later associated with are are barely mentioned in the horus heresy story there's there's um i think some of the books go into them in more detail again because they you know they've got an entire book to talk about how a chapter falls to nurgle or whatever so they they did go into more of it then but i think they were still a bit more vague on some of it they didn't just say uh, and Slanesh turned up and said, "Do you want six nipples, mate?" And, and they and Thorgrim said, "Sounds tops to me." Get piercing, you know. They're, they're still more subtle with it, but yeah, I think um, they 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 did again in the books in the early stuff. I think they're a bit more blunt with it, but I think later on they they've made it more subtle again. And uh, Mr. Morph has put an interesting comment, in, which is that he says that Horus Harris was invented with the Deptus Titanicus so they could use the same Titan mould for each and Jervis has talked about it in the past and like, there could be some oh, truth okay. to that they decided well we've got these Titan models and we need some to be good and some to be bad but how mm. do we get them to fight each other oh, well, okay, let's just yeah, have that... the bad guys look like the good guys which is probably where a lot of it came from yeah and and that you do feel that when you read the lore so I, I've been I, not, I can't talk about that much I don't think but I've been they GW have sent us the Horus Heresy box and I've been reading the books with the law in it, and they, they don't go. They into might have sent us the box. Yeah, they go into a massive. They don't go into a massive amount of detail. For example, I couldn't even tell you which chaos power whispered into Horus's ear. For example, I don't think it's, it's a specific it one. Uh, is it I just think generally like chosen by all of these? A bit. It's uh, a bit okay. like Archaon. Is in, it un, in undivided? Like chaos undivided. Yeah, he's kind of chosen by cool. all of them. He's like okay. the big bad. But even the other ones who I know, the ones I know, it isn't. 
but it is obvious if you know, but it's not specifically mentioned. But I do feel like there are some limitations to the story and that is driven by a kind of what you just said. It was invented to play a game with and you can feel that. You can feel that, that, you know, you can feel that, that, I mean, the classic bit, for example, which I talked to you about, Pete, is the bit which I, where the, for, for no apparent reason other than sort of weird stuff in the warp, the... Uh, Spacey-wacey, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, the, uh, the Primarchs all get scattered. Yeah, <laughs> and, I don't think they ever actually address that in any kind yeah, of detail it, either. And it is a bit, that is a bit crap. But it works for what they want to do. In fact, the whole thing of, of the Emperor choosing 20 different people with totally different personality disorders uh, to base his um, people on is, um, is, you know, is nuts. And he's supposed to be like a tactical genius. But clearly, when he chose his Primarch, he was being a bit of a moron. <laughs> it's like, I'm going, to, I'm going to genetically engineer 20 babies and I'm going to make this one a raving sociopath. I'm going to make <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one a massive pervert. This one over <laughs> here is just going to be just weird uh, but this one's going to be fine he's going to be like jesus with wings uh, and this one's gonna he's gonna have a weird roman thing going on with him but he's going to be solid it's like yeah. what the fuck's wrong with you mate yeah and you can kind of see that when you when you know they've got the space romans the, the space vampires the space vikings uh the space mongol horde uh, it's kind of like you could see completely what they were doing at the time but it but it's still, I mean, that, how old the Horace, Horace Heresy, I think, what, 20 years old now, at least? No, um, no, the, well, I mean, Horace Heresy is like... Well, the game, the books, the books, I think, the, the, oh, the, yeah. the books, are th- there's 20 years of books, sorry, yes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. still going strong and people are still fascinated by it. And I do think you're absolutely right, it is that, the fact that it's a civil war and uh, the fact that you've got these kind of mirrors of each other fighting um, in imperf- imperfect versions of one another fighting it out and, and that and that they've not actually made in the books they've done a much better job at not making the good guys the good guys yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. i mean other yeah. than the fact that the emperor like literally shines you know with a golden halo yeah other than that fact but doesn't know, he they, not... kill kill a million innocent people a day or something to do it <laughs> oh, oh, once once he once he gets stuck on the throne, yeah, he kills. Right, yeah, yeah, they're basically shoveling innocent souls into the oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's oh, pretty okay. much like a massive sort of thing of uh, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into that too. But yeah, but yeah, basically, it's like a, yeah. yeah, it's just like the Holocaust every day where they're just feeding yeah. psychers into a machine to keep them going or whatever. Um, yeah. But even before that, you know, because he had, and I think they they do. They do enjoy the whole anti-religion thing prior to it as well, because he was like just science. There was no religion. Mm. Ironically, he was like, "There's no gods, you know. There's just just science." And he got rid of all religion when he unified mankind. But obviously, there are gods because we've got the chaos gods. So he was just lying, <laughs> <laughs> and he must have known about them because he was this massive, powerful psychic person. So he's just, I don't know, maybe he was just saying, you know, your gods aren't real because I know they're not real because I've seen the real ones. They're over there, and this guy. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not gods, really. They're just very powerful beings. Entities, yeah. Yeah, what I is mean, because yeah, because and I think that possibly originally is part of the appeal of the Horus Heresy. Because a lot, I, I would say, and this may be a generalisation, but I would say that a lot of the, a lot of people, who certainly in the early days were into Warhammer, were quite scientific minded and probably identified with that idea that science is more of a religion than. Than the religion is a religion, 
if you see what I mean. And so they probably identify Lots of people were pushing back against the generic norms of, you know, yeah. especially in, in England in the 80s and stuff, people were, were pushing back against mm. all that kind of generic, oh, you know, Christian and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, that's, I think that's part of the appeal. And, and for some whatever reason, the Space Marines have always captured the amount. I mean, the Space Marine, but is by far the biggest Games Workshop seller, isn't it? I mean, they, they, they yeah, they always captured the imagination of their of their fan base. And I think that's because they very cleverly. Well, it's interesting because the Empire is very similar in a lot of ways to the Empire in Star Wars. <laughs> sorry, sorry, the Imperium. Sorry. Yeah, well, there you go. The Imperium is why. I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? I mean, they literally transplanted. They started. They literally transplanted fantasy battle into. So we've got this guy who's basically Sigma Heldenhammer, uh, but he's the Emperor. Oh, he was the Emperor. Um, and you know, and and it's an Imperium, not the Empire. Uh, and there are vampires, and there are there are there are. Um, well, they were orcs and elves. Uh, but they're, they're slightly adjunct to this discussion. But that wasn't what I was going to say. But I was going to say the Space Marines have always grabbed people's attention. And I think for very similar reasons why people love the aesthetic of Star Wars with the Empire. Uh, they are kind of... I mean, Space Marines are essentially uber stormtroopers at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they did start out as just people. You know, it, it's, it's mm. something that's evolved. Space Marines have definitely evolved and become this grotesque... Uh, over exaggerated version of their previous selves from what they used yeah. to be you know all the old rogue trader stuff you know the marines would be sitting in a bar at the end of the day you know with their with their backpacks are hanging on the wall and they'd be drinking beers and stuff it's like it's it's evolved so much since then into these into this new sort of like non-human things yeah yeah i'm just trying to read through the comments quickly um I did notice the Dead Hands did manage to summarise a big chunk of it, which is like, it's just an epic space opera. It catches the imagination, yeah. same as things like Star Wars did, and I think it does do that, because one thing GW do do is bombastic these days. Everything's on a nth degree scale of ridiculousness, and, and to an extent, in, in quantities, that's always enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. You said do-do in the middle of that, and that's all I was focusing on. Because <laughs> I'm so focus, mature. Always focus on the doo doo. One thing I have liked, though, as as GW have progressed and they fleshed out the storyline of the Horus Heresy for me, anyway, is that they've they. It's a bit like when you do like a, a history at school and you start off with something like, you know, Nazis. Nazi Germany, fascist, bad, kill people. You start basics and then you start to get into the detail of it. And they've they've done that in the Horus Heresy, and you start to delve into bits of it, and they they start to obviously they get some some talent in to actually write some things and throw new angles onto stuff, and you actually start thinking, oh, actually, like for me, Angron, the the world eaters, uh, demon prince, when he was a Primarch in the old days, it was quite boring. He was just he was a great raving psychopath nutter, you know. And then they evolved his storyline a bit more, and he he'd landed on a world where they stuck these things in his skull, which made him permanently angry, and he was going to die with with his remaining fighters on the planet when the emperor came along and took him off the world, and so all of his friends and and his fight, you know, his soldiers died, and he was saved, and he resented the emperor for that because he wanted to die with his you know alongside all of his friends, and the emperor stole that from him, so he always resented him 
because of that. And it just adds a little bit of flavour to the whole why he became who he was, rather than just, oh yeah, that's Agron, he's the corn bloke, so he's always angry and he likes red a lot. Big on skulls. <laughs> yeah, you think he wouldn't like skulls if he'd had nails driven into his butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just uh, like the fact that they've, they've, they haven't completely rewritten it, but they've just sort of started to shade, you know, they've, they've drawn the outlines and now they're starting to shade in some of the areas and they're, they're just giving it more life. Yeah, I mean, from what I've talked about, we talked about with the patrons, um, some of it has been given a bit too much life and there's quite a lot of chaff in, in amongst the wheat of the storyline. So I, I only really know, I've only read summaries, I haven't read any, I haven't read a single Black Library book about the Horus Heresy. Um, but it doesn't sound like, I, well, it sounds like some of them are good and some of them aren't. Uh, and so, but I think I like. I think also there's a couple of other things that I think um, make it appeal, and that is you kind of touched on it earlier. But that you've kind of the whole thing is about a betrayal with treachery, um, and I think that's always more interesting than the 40k universe when it came out. At least was much more simple. It's like this is your army and you're fighting those guys, and nominally. The Chaos guys are the bad guys. The Orcs are the bad guys. I, I think I always, in my mind, felt like the Elves were good guys. Uh, the, clearly, the Gene Stealers and the, and the Tyranids are clearly bad guys because they just eat everything. Um, and so See, it was I very... The Gene Stealers and the Nids and stuff, they were like the most neutral race because they were just doing... Well, they are, they, they are, were... but they were clearly, from a sort of, you know, um, Starship Troopers point of view. And so they're not, they're not, they're not evil. They're just literally just trying to do what comes naturally but you know what I mean they were it's easy to root against them <laughs> because they're Definitely, trying to eat yeah. your face uh, and because um, they don't look like us at all for a start <laughs> so. and, and I think I, you know th whereas this is kind of like a lot more and I guess there's scope for better stories as well because you, you, you've you got uh, an easy way of, of you, know, you might have a uh, well there are stories aren't there about loyal enclaves within the Thousand Sons, or not the Thousand Sons, the well, I actually think the Thousand Sons story is quite good. I always call the Thousand, I always call the Sons of Horus the Thousand Sons, even though Sons is spelled differently in the two. Um, but the uh, the Sons of Horus, there were there were loyal loyal elements in there, and that that in itself is interesting, and then it gives rise to interesting games where you can play with your friends, you can collect different armies and and have a create a story. I think some Jeff or or not Jeff on the Discord was talking about this. You can it's a much more narrative play, so it doesn't. Although, ironically, it's more balanced because there's less different factions. You've got a narrative, so you can have you can come up together with reasons why your nominally traitor legion is fighting alongside your the nominally loyal legion. There, there, was, there, was, there are reasons to do that, and I think I think that's quite interesting. Uh, but just at its core, the whole idea of a favoured son turning against um, their parents, parent or progenitor. Um, is interesting. I should be worried, really, haven't I? I was the father of three boys. Back between us, we've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> At least two of them are going to turn against us, Pete. Oh, no. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know it's one of mine it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, mine Mine already is resembles the Star Wars Emperor. He does, he does, and he's been. I, I don't know if anybody's been watching Obi Wan. I don't uh, do spoilers, but he has been basically outside, and he hasn't been playing Obi Wan. He's been playing the Grand Inquisitor, dressing up as the Grand Inquisitor. So uh, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it really does. 
It really does. Be on the right side or don't get in his way, basically. I was going to say, and also, I think, I remember, because, did we go to, we must have gone to Warhammer World, and I think I'd really, the, the Horus Heresy had kind of passed, I knew what it was roughly, but it kind of had passed me by. And in, in the Forge World cabinets, you've got those lovely, well, I say lovely resin, you don't get those words put together to it very often in modelling and gaming, but you have those resin models of the Primarchs. And I didn't really know what a Primarch was, and then we were talking about it on the way home. Um, but that is incredibly evocative, I think. Those models, I think, really help make people... It's like, I think there's nothing quite like those. And even though they've got amazing, amazing models in 40k, I don't think there's anything quite like the Primarchs for, for uh, sort of evoking a concept, if you like. And I think, I think the whole of the Horus Heresy game is very good at uh, conveying its concept. That I, I love, and I've said this before, but I love how the models for for, for the Horus Heresy look like old. 40k models if that makes sense even though even though they clearly were only all created within about 20 years of each other whichever way you draw the line um but they've managed to make it look like they're centuries older and it kind of taps into that retro lots of people retro is always popular whatever the period of what retro might be changes but retro is always it's always got a popular thing and they've managed to really capture the kind of retroness of of the the old space marines um, which is really clever, I think, and really, and really good design. And I think helps people buy into into the um, into the game. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it is just that whole. Um, it's not. I don't want to use the word retro because you've already used it on. But I'm trying to think of what the word is. Not not rose tinted glasses, but um, nostalgia. Not sure. What nostalgia. Yeah, that's the one. There, there's, definitely, there's definitely a, there's definitely a feeling of nostalgia there. Whether it's uh, evoking the the Horus Heresy game itself, or whether it's just reminding you of the earlier days of 40k and stuff when these things came out. Like I say, whenever I see Horus Heresy stuff, I always think of that that board game that I used to play many years ago, and and that was, I just loved the whole storyline. And someone else said it's just like it has a lot of elements of the Greek, grand Greek yes. tragedies about it. Yes, and I, was I don't just think GW were. Sorry, I don't think GW were were. Um, they weren't subtle. They they took loads of elements from loads of different things. But they plundered like... old culture and classic stories. They, I mean, the whole thing is literally, in fact, pretty much everything. I would say, up until, I mean, I might even be wrong with this, but up until very recently, pretty much everything has been stolen from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and, and, and and repurposed, which is fine. Um, and it's just it's like with um you know it's like with Marvel and all that kind of stuff the, the films and stuff there as well, you know it's just a question whether you can you reuse it and make it look good, and I think they have managed to do that so that's yeah. why it's popular they, you know they they've not done anything that maybe a lot of other people haven't done before or since, but they've just made it look really good and it does yeah. look really nice. Talking about Marvel, you I I haven't actually written down this in my notes, but I was thinking about it earlier. Marvel have done this really clever thing, or, or Disney or whoever, the, the Marvel, the MCU studio, have done this really clever thing where you they make you want to watch the films so that you can keep understanding what the overall story arc is. So they introduce elements that are then going to appear in later films so you don't feel like you can miss a film 
or or you feel even if the film isn't what you, doesn't necessarily appeal to you, there's going to be elements in there which you might want to know later when you're watching a film that is appealing to you. And I feel like the Horus Heresy almost GW almost did it first in that there's a lot of tendrils running through the the the, the Horus Heresy stories that kind of connect with one another. And if there's a deeper knowledge to be gained by having an encyclopedic knowledge of it, if you know what I mean. That, I use not I use knowledge twice there, but you've you know by everything's connected, and so that you can read one thing in one story, but if you've read another story, it means that you get a bit more out of it, and that's a very clever way to design your stories. I still don't think they're that good, but it's a very clever way to design your stories. And Marvel's kind of the same; the stories aren't always that good, but they have that. Oh, I want I want to see that. I mean, I even find myself almost wanting to see the end of credit scenes because that gives a little bit away what's coming next more than I want to see the film which makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> yeah and one, one thing I like that, that one thing GW can't do there or at least they haven't tried to do yet and God helps all if they do is they haven't come up they haven't done a Marvel with alternate universes surely the warp would allow it I don't I, just, yeah, I can't imagine what would happen if they did that but I also love the way they've done a lot of the models like you can buy uh, the Primarchs, obviously, which who doesn't want to own a Primarch? You know, once you've read up about some of them, they just mm. sound amazing. And like you say, you look at the models and they look brilliant. But I love the fact that they've made them such that they they start on these thematic bases, but they obviously come off of those. You could use them in games much easier. Yeah. And they, they just yeah. look fantastic. Dead Hands, again, he's, he's very astute, Dead Hands. He said, 30k history for nerds that we can build on ourselves. Which is quite a that is a that is totally true. Uh, there's definitely elements from um, certain films that it builds on as well. Obviously, it's got like your action films, you know, your explosions and your fight scenes and stuff. But there's there's kind of a bit of an element of like that. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example now of a film, but like when you get those moments where Lord of the Rings did it really, where you know all seems lost up until the very last moment there's that whole redemption sort of at the last minute kind of thing that goes on as well Although, isn't that every film that's ever made just about <laughs> pretty much but you know GW put that in, into miniatures and so yes. of course people yeah, yeah, yeah. love that because we love films because we love those kind of stories yeah sci-fi stories it's a classic sci-fi trope isn't it I mean Star Wars is kind of the same everything the world is about to end in every, every, every film that involves space soldiers <laughs> I mean there's a little bit of me that's a fan of those films where you know it's like some evil alien race is taking over the earth and everyone's nearly dead and then, and then it's like that nearly feel, that feeling of almost complete hopelessness uh, I don't know if you've seen there's a little short called Racker which is done by I um, um, can't remember the name of the director now uh, Neil Blomkamp and he's okay. done a, a thing called Racker and it's got uh, Sigourney Weaver in it it's only like right. a 15 minute or 20 minute like little short I've never film. heard of it and the concept is like aliens have come to earth and they're taking over earth and they're beating us and we're losing okay. slowly but surely but I just really love that kind of concept I think there's a they, they pull in all those kind of threads with the Horus Heresy they just they've been merciless they've used everything but you know what you know it'll work uh, yeah I mean, and sometimes it works uh, despite that it's a bit naff, if you know what I mean. It, 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 there's a like I say, the problem with taking things and repurposing them is that sometimes you can look at it and go, "Well, you've just taken vampires and put them in suits of space armor." 
Uh, but and, uh, and it can feel a bit hollow, I think, uh, especially if you're coming at it cold. Yes, definitely. But I think, but I think overall, overall, it, it does. It definitely, it definitely works the setting. I mean, I've heard on the grapevine from various sources that you know, the demand for sets is huge, and considering the price of it, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Considering the price of it, it, just shows how how popular the game is. Um, I mean, I think I think we'll perhaps do this in a separate video, but I think it's going to be too crunchy for me um, because they haven't changed the rules that much. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, but, I'm annoyed that they didn't simplify the rules or streamline the yeah. rules. But as a, as a concept, I, 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 I do like it. And I had a, I had another point, and now I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll witter on, and if it comes to you, All you right. can Okay, you can thank you. In. Go on. You, you, you've I, got I about do think that 11 point, minutes. <laughs> the point you did make there, which is uh, it can be a bit on the nose, some of it, like, oh, these are space vampires in power armour, and these are space vikings in power armour, and these are space... Uh, Mongol hordes in power armor, whatever, can be very. Really, is that is that what you've done? Yeah. And just and actually, yeah. even when you think of the names, some of the names are rubbish. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Actually, think of the name Blood Angels, Space Wolves, Ultra Marines. Yeah. It can be very and even some of the place powerful. names. Some of the place names are, are like even like Angron. Is he Angron? He's like he's really angry all the Angron. time. Like, yeah. yeah, Angron is angry. Angron, the like, angry one. Can't, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, Mortarian. and then there was Mortarian. Yeah. Oh, what's he got to do with? Oh, look, he's got a big scythe. That's yeah, yes, exactly. And um, is, it, where, is it where the sons of Horus come from? Is called Jathonia or something, which basically means the underworld. It's just like oh, <laughs> just, you know. <laughs> or you got Give... Lionel Johnson and his Dark Angels. You know, yeah. some of it's very on the nose, but at the same time, the imagery, the theme of them is so strong if you've got someone who kind of likes space stuff and kind of likes vampires mm. they'll probably look at blood angels and go holy fuck i'm home yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're, they're just gonna love it because they've made these these themes so strong people are just gonna go i love everything about that i want to buy it all now and i love it more than life itself and yeah i do i do think there are some things i'm not, I'm not sure which ones but as a whole I think if you asked the design team, would you start from here if you could, if you or if you could start from somewhere else, would you? And they'd probably say yes. We'd like to. There's there's things we would change. We wouldn't we wouldn't have made it quite so blatant. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to know whether they would change the um, only men can be space marines thing. Would love to know that. <laughs> I think they would if they could if they could just have the the change it all button. I think somebody would just know that it makes sense to do that because it's not all of the rabid neckbeards that would be in charge. I, 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 I would agree. I would agree. Um, because why uh, not? It, you know, let's just increase our, you know, our public appeal by fifty percent. Done. No, actually yeah. not fifty percent. Hundred percent. Let's double our public <laughs> appeal. Done. Bam. Yeah. Be interested to see whether there's any wiggle room in the new in the new books. I'm I'm going to guess there isn't. Zero. But, zero. Uh, yeah. I, I think there'll be zero. <laughs> Yeah. And even if there is, people will quickly explain it away that actually means something else. I remember there was a writer that, I can't remember if they got fired or if they quit or if they just took got so much abuse over it because they had a character in one of the GW books that used like XE rather than he or she. They uh, used XE okay, because right. they didn't have a gender and people were really frothing at the gills over that one for no real reason. <laughs> frothing um, at the gills. <laughs> one thing I do wonder if they would do, because now obviously they're... they're they do focus a lot more on about how, not necessarily how good the Imperium is, but just how necessary the evils of the Imperium are to survive as a human, as the human race. 
and it definitely makes them see a, seem a lot less good you know they're, they're not the good guys anymore the, I think one of the big things about 40k now especially is that there are no good guys there's just different levels of grey and I, I wonder if they would have leaned more into that earlier on to make it seem like the Imperium weren't the good guys as much if they redid it all yeah I don't know I don't know I can't remember that what it was like in, in early days um, you know, I mean, it was it was it was always meat into the grinder, wasn't it? Um, so, but I guess it was just it wasn't quite as dark as it is now. I don't think it wasn't as grim dark. Well, early forty k wasn't that grim dark. I don't think. I don't think forty k was as grim dark as as no. Warhammer Fantasy Battle was. Really, to be honest. Right. Okay. Interesting. So I can't. I can't. I can't really talk. Um, well, I can talk. I can't really comment. I can't. I can't really comment on on the difference because I don't really remember. Um, but it, it was, it's interesting. I hadn't really heard the term grimdark in terms of forty k until after I'd heard it in terms of some novel uh, writers like um, Joe Abercrombie, whose novels I don't particularly enjoy. Actually, um, I'm not sure as a person I'm actually suited to grimdark because I, I do like there to be a glimmer of hope. Or maybe there is a glimmer of hope in Grimdark, but I, I don't like the unrelenting bleakness of of settings, particularly. Yeah, there's definitely. Um, I think that's that's the aspect they're going for in 40k, in that it's like mankind is the last glimmer of light, mm. or is this final glimmer of light in the in the cold dark eternity of space, and it's like evil is coming from all sides. So. Yeah, well, actually, I feel like the, our best chance for survival is the Tau. From what little I've uh, little I've read about them, <laughs> I think that tower, they they've gone with the classic thing they have there. The tower like young, as a race, an idealist, um, but obviously they'd lack the numbers. They don't have the numerical superiority right, okay. of right. um, the Imperium. That kind of thing. Imperium is just like a sprawling mass of mm. you know humanity, but not necessarily yeah. a good sprawling mass. I wonder if anybody's done any, any economic treatises on on the the, the the empire. You know, people. I don't know how Tolkien has got his whole branch of academia and how how kind of how it all works. I always wonder because these these continual little machines. I know there's all these hive worlds or whatever, but how on earth do they actually do they actually function? <laughs> so, so, and how does it expand and all that kind of thing? I, I, bet, I wonder if anybody has written any serious papers on it. <laughs> I guess probably not. I remember reading a thing ages ago that they had different world definitions. So you've obviously got the, like the forge worlds, and all they do is mm. build stuff. They mine the planet mm. and they build stuff, and and then you've got like agri worlds, and all they do is like they just produce food. Yeah, but but that's you can write that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it can actually do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, whether it can actually happen. <laughs> that uh, I think it's I think bit... that's as close as they got. They just had someone sit there go. Uh, well, there's probably a planet that makes the food, and a planet that <laughs> makes the guns, and a planet that. It's a bit like an extension of the Star Wars way of making planets evolve. This is the wet one. This is the forest one. This is the ice one. <laughs> and this is a desert planet. And there's you know, actually that's not how planets work. <laughs> so I feel like that's as close as they've ever got, and that's only a very light touch. Yeah. Yeah, what we've got here then, so uh, 
They've got uh, Grammar Hammer says the second edition 40k was more satirical and absurdist. That's that's how I remember it. And then third lean yeah. more to Grimdark. Uh, yeah, most people use Grimdark, true. not ironically in his experience, and tend to be more interested in gatekeeping than having fun. Yeah, I, I've never personally met a gatekeeper. I can't really comment, but you do see them on you do see them on Twitter and what have you. But Twitter, Twitter just seems to be collapsing in on itself at the moment. Every every subject, whatever it is, there's some sort of gatekeeper type. Whatever whatever you're talking about, um, I think you're you're more liable to find that kind of thing online than you will in real life, because I think in real life, people realise that their views and opinions should be kept to themselves and they keep their gobs shut, which is how it should be. Uh, mm. on some of these I was just saying that's the classic thing online people will say whatever sewage is in their head when they're online yeah. because they're completely you know they're completely um, safe and, and yes. sitting in their mum's basement so it's not Absolutely. worth trying to base a hobby on those kinds no. of people and then Croden says they're busy making the t- they're busy making the tower look like early Imperium now the whole fourth sphere expansion has resulted in xenophobic tower after being trapped in the warp does that mean we might mm. get chaos Chaos Tower. Chaos Tower, that'd be quite cool. Chaos Tower makes you wet instead of making you dry. <laughs> uh, I was trying to come up with some kind of funny science maths kind of joke on Tower, but I, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't come up with them. Yeah, so we are coming up to 11 o'clock. Um, so I'm not sure we particularly resolved why the uh, Horus Heresy is so popular, but I think it basically comes down to the treachery and the deceit. And everybody loves a bit of treachery and deceit. Yeah, the, the the epic scale of it all. It's been around for so long now. They've managed to build up a lot around it, and there's just there's normally something in there for everybody, model wise, story wise, something. It's yeah, got I so think big it, now. Yes, I mean I think it gives GW a chance to do stories that are not just well. These guys have taken over this planet, and we don't want them to have it. If you know what I mean, that's like the Catholic orcs. Like even like you talk about the Tyranids, and they're not evil, no. But they are. There's any story involving the Tyranids is basically the Tyranids are coming and they're going to eat us, and so we've got to shoot them. And you can make a you can make that interesting up to a point, but when they can actually be, well, actually these guys. We found out these guys are secretly still loyal to the Emperor, so we're going to encircle them and trap them, and then they might try and fight their way out. That's that is inherently more interesting than oh, there's some orcs over there. Let's go kill them. Yeah, that whole, you know, yeah, that whole thing, that whole fractured sort of faction side of things of good guys, bad guys, they're all on the same side, they're all fighting each other, kind of. No one's better than anybody else. They're all just fighting for what they believe in. I I do like that aspect of it. So I hope you enjoyed that, everybody. It's 11 o'clock, it's time to close. Um, And I hope you've listened to the podcast. I hope you enjoy enjoy this too. Um, And... uh, do like and subscribe as where you can find us. Uh, there'll be links in the description uh, to all that stuff. But uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another Tuesday Night Live slash podcast. And uh, until then, everyone, take care. See you soon. Yep. Stay safe and hope you enjoy that. And we'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. We'd like to put a special thank you out there to all our Patreon supporters for making this possible. If you do want to help support us further, please check us out on Patreon. All money plays go straight back into making more of this content. Also, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find links in the show notes. We'll see you soon. Bye! Bye.
Thanks for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. We'd like to put a special thank you out there to all our Patreon supporters for making this possible. If you do want to help support us further, please check us out on Patreon. All money placed goes straight back into making more of this content. Also, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find links in the show notes. We'll see you soon. Bye! Bye.